Ottawa Wrestling fans, have you tried Brew Revolution yet? Come on, you need to patronize our sponsor. Brew Revolution has been making beer taste better since 2019. They are a craft brewery and beer hall in Stittsville, Ontario. 30 taps offering a huge variety of house-made beer plus numerous guest taps. They also offer cider, mead, wine, and craft soda. Add in delicious eclectic food and live entertainment, and you've got a little something for everyone. Check out the menu, pick something up curbside, and enjoy. Follow them on Twitter at BrewRevOt. Visit their website at www.brewrevolution.ca or stop in 6081 Hazeldean Road in Stittsville, Ontario. Babies are hard, and it's been a long day. What can I say? Babies are very hard. Yes, they are. Speaking of babies. Speaking of babies. Let's just uh, get to this right off the bat. Sure. So I was thinking about this since I listened to last week's episode, the podcast out quickly, but we just couldn't align our schedules to do yes. so. Yes. And then we kind of force it, right? Like we, we have to split it up over two days. I'm in my car for one of them. The baby's on my lap for the other. So I'm listening to the episode and like two things cross my mind is one, I felt bad for you. Uh, Matt does all the editing. So yeah, with all the, the background noise, I, I, you know, kudos to you for um, putting the extra time and effort with last week's show. And then secondly, like I kind of felt like we made, I'll, I'll take the blame here because it was, it was me pushing to get it done. Um maybe we should have just held off right and like let's let's sit down and do this when we're both doing what we're doing now in front of our our computers and on our microphones with no distractions and get a quality episode out but you know we were riding the wave of of fighting back 10 Mm -hmm. and uh i wanted to capitalize on the momentum of that show of course um like I said, a lot of people didn't get a chance to actually be there physically. So they were either relying on updates online or finally when they were able to watch it on IWTV, that was their opportunity to enjoy the show. Um, but for us, you know, I, I just thought, okay, should we have just taken a step back and, and maybe tackled it um, when it, you know, the timing worked better for us and we get a quality episode out versus something that you had to put together with glue and, and, I don't know, Lego, <laughs> whatever else yeah. to hold it together. 5.4 pounds of Lego. No, I, I I messaged you. I don't know if it was today or no, it was the, it's been yesterday, the day that uh, I sent you the episode. And I said, I would never say an ill word about your, your sweet little girl, but she made editing a total bitch. Like it's, it's, it's one thing to edit, um, you know, like our ums and our ahs and, and you know, like little little blips here and there, but when 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 Ren is is screaming, the heck is that? That was a computer noise. Another thing you can edit. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, when Ren is screaming, and then like I'll take out a blip or a space or something, because I can I can kind of I can play around with her in the background, 
but I can't mute her without muting you. So she's louder than I am. And you know, yeah, in fairness to her, but it, it was a matter of if I cut here and I cut here and then I put it together, Ren is kind of just like, like it, it was just going. Well, so now I, I, I thought gradually get her in and yes. get her out and get her in and get her out. Anyway, <laughs> I thought you did a tremendous job with the editing. Um, you know, like you said, there was there was some weirdness with the audio on, on my end. Just um, I don't know what it was, but I guess just because I was in motion that second day. So I know sometimes I'd be speaking and then it would sound like I was having a mild stroke or something yeah. um, that happened several times. And, you know, what? like it, it did sort of cut into like if you were just sitting back and listening to the episode and um, it does sort of like pull you away from it it does you're like what's going on what happened there uh, like there, and, there yeah. were there were a couple points that you made that what i tried to do was take because it, it was it, it recorded you but to put it uh, simply something that took you like three seconds to say was being dragged over like 10 seconds so what i was trying to do because you were making some good points in places was taking that 10 seconds and trying to compress it so that it sounded a little better. But, you know, I have to find exactly because, you know, your tone and your pitch and everything like that. And as much as I enjoy editing, there's some things that I'm just totally clueless about. And that was one of the things. And I, I tried it a few times and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I just I, I can't. <laughs> I really can't. I think lesson learned overall, right, is next time if we can't coordinate and we're kind of, I don't know, scrambling to piece things together and, and making concessions to try and get a show out, it's better maybe just to wait <laughs> until we can do this. And especially for a big show, like our, our fighting back 10 recap. So, um, and yeah. with that being said, here we are, we're going to, we're going to piece together an episode. Yeah. And one more thing, it's, okay. it's a small thing, but still a thing. And I, I like to be conscious of this stuff is, um, an error on my part. So I forgot to mention and include Ben Ortman's in the uh, Fighting Back Invitational. Um, didn't really actually get any like negative feedback about that or anything other than just me noticing it and, and wanting to make sure I included his name. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ben. I, I, I really and truly am. Um, so shame on you for leaving him out of our shame. 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 You shall Ren. feel shame. Yes. Blame Ren. All right. We shouldn't we shouldn't blame Ren because someday she's gonna find this episode and she's gonna be like Daddy. Although I, I, I hope not. I, I hope your daughter doesn't talk like that. All right. So do you want to talk about uh, you want to talk about Dave first? I'm only <laughs> okay. I'm laughing because I just talked to someone this morning about how we can't seem to pull away from Dave or UWA. It just keeps coming up um organically and uh you know you you can't plan these things um this morning you know a few people alerted me to the fact that there is this instagram account called ham and eggers and uh i guess like the, i don't have instagram so i'm not exactly sure what the the purpose of the account is but my understanding is basically every single day tweets out like a jobber of the day so they'll go back and watch old like late 80s early 90s wrestling take a screen cap of a tv show of a jobber and that's what they do they they put that out for the day and i don't know people make comments on it or whatever they do um so lo and behold 
today as we're set to record. And for the first time, I think to myself, we're actually talking like, you know, we're forward thinking today about what's coming up and what's coming down the road and, you know, talking about fighting back and the current product and the current wrestlers. This is good. We're on the right track. And uh, of course, my my trainer, uh, Battleground Academy and uh, UWA owner Dave Dalton is featured on the Ham and Eggers account. Um, I, I don't know what match the photo was from. Um, he So Dave had about I'm going to say probably eight matches or so on like WCW um, Saturday night and WCW worldwide, which were like the, the tiny studio uh, TV shows that WCW did. Um, He wrestled sting Eddie Guerrero, uh, the renegade das wonder kid, Alex Wright, um, a tag team match against the nasty boys, uh, hexa Jim Duggan, um i'm probably forgetting one or two i don't know if there's any uh that you can remember matt off the top of your head but no I'm you, just kinda... you, you've already mentioned the ones that i remember okay okay um and then also like there's there's less of them but there are a couple of his wwf uh, dark matches from around 90 probably 96 97 um i think what's coming to mind uh, oh, there's a, from before that, actually, I think he wrestled uh, Isaac Yankum on like a WC or WWF superstars. And uh, obviously, most people know Isaac Yankum now being Kane. Um, and then, yeah, 97, he wrestled in a tag team match, a dark match before Raw against uh, the Truth Commission. Um, actually, you know what? That might have not been a dark match. It might have been like a shotgun Saturday night or like Sunday night heat taping. Um, but anyway, so he, you know, he was kind of well-traveled as a quote unquote job guy over his, his time in the business. Um, so just a funny thing to, to wake up this morning and see him featured on that Instagram account the day we're, uh, recording. So no, we, we can't get away from Dave or, um, my past in UWA, I guess. No, you cannot. Uh, I, I too, I don't know where this picture is from. I don't know if you can see the screen here. Um, it's I've, I've gone on to the ham and eggers instagram and of course dave is the first picture because you know he's today yeah um but then if you follow along here troy martin later on uh became shane douglas uh the the, the dicks james dick and chad dick the dicks uh primetime brian lee jason jet uh rio rogers who i'm trying to remember who rio rogers is I feel like he was someone that well, he was like a, a, a big name and they turned him into real Rogers. And I can't remember mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, Lex Lovett, David Young. Uh, I don't know who these other people are. Something about, Oh, there's Bobby rude. Uh, Bobby V, which uh, later would become uh, Rob Van Dam. So there's, there's some, like, there's some, Dave's in some pretty good company here. Like yeah. I thought it was just like your, you know, no name jobbers. Um, but yeah, these are all, well, not all, but a good chunk of these guys went on to obviously have themselves careers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Okay. The, the account confuses me now. I thought I had it down. It was just jobbers, but I guess also guys who, um, maybe once upon a time were, were jobbers before they became well-known under different gimmicks or what have you, or before they just hit it big on their own. It was something that Mike Roch, cause Mike Roch is the one that brought it to my attention on Twitter. Um, when he posted this and he said the godfather of wrestling in Ottawa and you know, the pedestal 
well that I put Dave on. I'm 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 assuming you put him on. And it's just it's wouldn't say pedestal, but yes, continue. But I I almost get defensive of you know this this person calling Dave a jobber, but at the same time I had acceptance to the fact because okay, that was Dave's job. But, you know, Mike kind of put it in perspective that in the Ottawa area, Dave was not considered a quote unquote jobber. So, you know, I, as I said, I kind of took exception to it. But at the same time, uh, I thought it was a nice little nod from from Mike saying the, the, the godfather of wrestling in Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it was stated earlier this morning, right? Um you know, without Dave, uh, the auto scene obviously looks a lot different. He trained many of us who, you know, played a role in the Ottawa scene in the last decade or so. And, um, few of them still have their hands in the business today. Um, you know, you could argue without Dave opening his school and Chris attending it and Chris working for UWA, Chris and his dad don't learn the business and there's no acclaimed pro wrestling. So there's, there's who knows how much different the scene would have looked, uh, today if it wasn't for Dave. So obviously he plays a major role in the history of Ottawa wrestling and, and his, you know, his footprint sort of paved the way for a lot of us to get in the business locally. Um, in terms of like a pedestal and getting defensive about it. No, not at all, actually. In, in fact, quite the opposite. Like any one of us who um, were training under Dave thought it was awesome that he got to work a bunch of big names in WCW, right? Like who cares if they were, you know, four or five minute matches. Um, you know, to me, the fact that he worked not one or two, but like, you know, a dozen of these matches, to me, it speaks to him as a, a talent. Um, your your job and your role when you're working in those matches is to make whoever it is you're working against look like a million dollars. So, and um, keep them safe, right? Um, they're there just to get their spots in and, and look good in front of the cameras and in front of the crowd and, you know, get them over, make them look good. So the fact that Dave was put in these positions over and over and getting bookings to be a quote unquote job guy. Uh, it's because there was corporate trust in him to, to go in there and take care of whoever it is that they were sending out there to, to bump around. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's not anything to get defensive about. That's, uh, you know, he, he was on TV. He, uh, he was able to wrestle for a living. <laughs> so, um, you know, not, not, you know, featured in a prominent role himself, but to be on TV semi-regularly uh, in these matches, um, that's that's something that a lot, a lot of guys do not get that far in the business. So um, no, no, not defensive at all. In fact, uh, just, you know, I think it's pretty cool and, and goes to show um, that he did, you know, uh, a lot more than just be a, a kind of a local trainer. Well, may- maybe I'm just bonding over Dave a little too much then. There's... A million and one different reasons why certain guys who maybe should make it don't and and vice versa guys who maybe should not make it do um uh, you know uh I, I never sensed any bitterness from dave um you know would he have liked to do more in the business of course um did he have the talent and the capability to do so yeah i think so um maybe you know they they didn't see a look there they didn't like the promos whatever it is i don't know um but you know in terms in terms of him as a a technical uh wrestler and you know having the ability to teach 
his fundamentals were sound, his mind was sound, he understood the psychology of the business, and his gift was being able to teach that because not everybody can, you know, like there's people who understand the business, but just don't, they're not able to articulate it and, and be hands-on and show people the ins and outs of the business like Dave could. So, um, you know, whatever you want to say about being a jobber or not, like it, it you know, people make jokes about it and stuff um, to, to all of us, to his, his trainer, uh, trainees. Uh, we always thought it was just really cool. Do you want to go to the PWA 500 or was there something else you wanted to discuss? Um, so the PWI 500, we were talking about that offline a bit, right? Like, and going through there and, and seeing if there was any sort of local or, uh, you know, C4 or APW standouts. Um, now I glanced the list. So I only know those two names. Did I go through it too quickly? Uh, no, I don't think you did. Cause okay. I, <laughs> well, this will be a very short, uh, conversation well, no. topic then. No, I don't think it will be. Cause I think, I think I know the two names you're talking about, which, uh, was Eva Luno. Uh, who came in at 188, and uh, and Stu Grayson, which came in at 191. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, hey, do uh, well. You've looked at the list. I was going to say, hey, who do you think came in in first, or who came in uh, uh, higher? Um, Daniel Garcia is on here. Yes, I did catch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but beyond that, like, unless you're talking like names, quote unquote. Like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Cody, he came in to, to C4. Cody's on here, obviously. Oh, yes, yes. If we were to expand the parameters yeah. of who's, you know, worked a C4 show at some point, um, there's probably you know, 30, 40 names on the list. Yeah, there um, is. I, I wouldn't go that far personally. Like, well, no, neither would I. Neither would I. But I'm just saying, like, if you go that way. But is there anyone that you're surprised is not on here? No, there's... probably not. Um, in, in terms of like local level talent or, or guys who may not necessarily be Ottawa based, but perform in Ottawa a lot. Yeah. Like, um, so people that, uh, you know, people that are I... either coming into C4 and making a name for themselves, like names off the top of my head yeah. are uh, Von Vertigo and Gabriel Fuerza. I'm like, obviously they're from my neck of the woods, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I'm surprised they're not in here. Well, you know, I guess the first thing I would say is like, none of us really know how these lists are developed. Right. And, you know, do people even put that much stock into this anymore? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I used to be a big deal back in the eighties the and early nineties, maybe, but not so much now. Um, but what I would like, what I would say is I, how do I want to phrase this? I'm sort of surprised. There's no, there's, there's, sorry, there's less, um, I'm going to use air quotes, C4 names. So you mentioned Vertigo and Fuerza. So we'll say those two guys as an example. Um, you know, C4 is not only just a top independent promotion in the city, they're a top independent promotion in the country and um, very well known within North America as well. So to me, uh, it says someone out there who's putting these lists together is not paying enough attention to C4. Um I am glad to see Josh Alexander on the list. Obviously, like that would be a massive oversight, but with his work and impact, um, it's pretty much impossible to avoid putting his name on the list. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's probably not enough uh, Ontario representation in terms of the level of talent here versus, you know, top 500 wrestlers. And like, this is, 
you know, fairly North American and Japan based, but um, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely room. I would have to go down and look at the you know, four to five hundreds to, to really see like how, uh, how much there's, what's the word, the expression I'm looking for um, going to the well to, to find names. Um, but yeah, I would say, I, I guess that's the surprise to me is that, you know, there, there is not as much of a representation from, um, names that are sort of more Ontario or Quebec based, um, and, uh, have worked in C4, especially, you know, recently, um, I'd expect, you know, this time next year, that'll change, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised because they have started incorporating, uh, women into the, uh, PWI 500. Um, I was actually surprised Lufisto wasn't in here. Because Is that I, because so th- um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought they did a w- exclusive women's list now too. Was it top hundred or so? Uh, they they started off with the women's fifty. See, I as you can see, I have my copy of PWI here. Uh, I have, I've, I've always, I'm old, so I always prefer my hard copy. Um, so I've been, you know, a subscriber for I don't even know how many years. Um, but yeah, they started a, uh, a women's 50. Now it's a women's 100, but last year for the 500, they started incorporating women who had a, a track record or a history against male wrestlers. So they were kind of being woven in. And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, let me, I can go back and check last year's list. Um, I think Lufisto may have been on last year's list. Uh, so I'll, I'll have to check that. Um, but I was a little surprised that Lufisto didn't make the list. You know what I'd say, like just now quickly glancing through the four to 500 names, like uh, for me scrolling through this, I'm saying there's a one in every 10 name that I recognize. Um, you know, Kevin Blackwood, 427. So there's a guy we've uh, seen in C4 a bunch of times. There you go, yeah. Um, oh, Puff. Puff was someone I... I... Puff's got to be there, yeah. I, I, But I think when you get into these lower numbers... No, he's not. Um, he's not in here. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Um, when you get into these lower numbers, the four to 500, it, it probably tends to um, drill in on the US-based guys a little more. Uh, I see very few... I'm looking at this link you sent me. I see very few Canadian flags. We have uh, 430 Young Miles... Where's he from? Toronto, Ontario, oh, Canada. Miles? Oh, yeah. I didn't. Oh, good for him. Uh, yeah, he is from the Toronto area. Um, I'm, I'm very happy for. Uh, again, you said you don't know how much stock they put in, and any wrestler that I've ever talked to, and I mean ever, has said like, yeah, it, they don't really put a lot into it. Now, but that's also bullshit because well, yeah, exactly. everybody marks out if they see their own name in the PWI 500. Uh, oh, don't tell I... me you don't. Uh, like even the first time I saw my name in like the results section of the magazine, I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, bought the magazine. Cause I was like, that's something I might just want to keep one day. Right. It's the it, first time even like, and it's who cares. It's the results section that, you know, nobody probably reads what happened in Ottawa. If they're living in, I don't know, uh, Iowa. <laughs> Is that the one with uh, triple H on the cover? I couldn't even tell you. I just know I have it somewhere. Okay. Because okay, when we did the Brockville Napanee run, did you you did something on those, didn't you? Um, Brockville Napanee, the the the, the, J, the, Jake, the Jake shows. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, okay. I worked. I worked Chaz uh, in singles, and 
What did I do the other night? Can't remember. Because I uh, was was that your first time in the magazine? It must have been. Uh, oh God, I don't know. You're testing my memory. Anyway, <laughs> no, because that's the first time. Because I always submitted our results. Okay. With PWI. So maybe and... the first time I. Okay, I should rephrase. The first time I noticed myself in the magazine, I bought the magazine. Maybe I didn't actually know about that time because that would be very early on, I think. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll anyway. have to double check, but that's the first time I got my results in. Okay. Okay. And I, I remember it showed up and it was that stereotypical, just like, because I that's the first place I go to. I love reading the, the independent results. Um, so like that's always, always, always the first place I go to. And I always go to Canada first to see if any promotions that I, I work for or I've been part of or people I know are in there mm-hmm. um, because I take great pride in the people that I know. And, you know, I, or, or I'm always very proud, I should say, of the people that I know that get in there. And I remember seeing my name like one after another because we did the Napanee Brockville. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's my name. That's my name. And it's just my name. That's it. Like, that's. And then since then, I've had it a few times. And then when I see Moonshine Brand of Wrestling in there, that's now when I mark out. Gotcha. Is, okay. Is when I see my company. So number 293 on the list. There's a little bit of an Ottawa tie to that name. And uh, I almost think this is an indictment of how... Um, poor the wwe creative is these days (laughs) number 293 is bobby rude who anyone would tell you in terms of just in-ring talent has no business being in the 200 block of this uh pwi 500 but i mean they base these lists on like a an an annual cycle right so it tells you he had a pretty rotten year which um is no fault of his own i don't Um, think so because didn't he have a tag or tag team title run with ziggler that was was i don't even honestly the wwe product i can barely even tolerate watching let alone paying attention to it and uh, these days i find it so bad um i just watch it i don't know Uh, all i know is bobby root is not a prominently featured wrestler and uh, like you know this is this is this is for the um friends over at this is wrestling uh you know shout out to lever sage and zach mcgibbon uh they also are two Ottawa based podcasters who do a, a wrestling show, but they focus more on mainstream stuff. And we're kind of getting into their territory here talking about, you know, WWE booking and everything, but uh, Bobby's booking. It's just like, how do you, I mean, you could say this for Bobby and half a dozen, dozen other guys there who, who have this great gimmick. Um, they're on NXT, they're over. And then they come up, they come up to the main roster and like, I don't know what it is. There's just all these, know creative forces that think okay we need to change this we need to change that let's try this instead of that and they just end up killing it and it's like why not just leave the guy alone he got over in front of wrestling fans you know who are buying a ticket to a wwe product just let him do what he was doing in nxt at the wwe level and let it organically grow like it did there there's no rhyme or reason as to why it wouldn't get over in front of a raw audience when it does in front of an NXT audience. I, I don't understand the logic in that. Um, anyway, uh, Bobby Roode at 293 is kind of a joke, but that just speaks to you know how they're wasting a talent. Former TNA world champion hasn't quite reached the same heights in WWE, but extensive tag team experience is serving him well. 
with fellow Dirty Dog Dolph Ziggler beat Street Profits on the January 8th SmackDown and became a four-month reign as the Blue Brands Tag Champs. I uh, guess that gets you 293 on the list. And, and in, uh, in apparently... Same, in the same yeah. vein, uh, let's see. Petey Williams, 481. So, you know, uh, who's not on here too, which is a bit of a joke, but I guess this again speaks to just, you know, being sort of buried into the WWE, uh, you know, shuffle uh, 2.0. Matt, Matt Lee and, and Jeff Parker. Oh, you are right. Not on the list. Um, and you know what? Like, maybe not so much on TV and in the ring. Um, they didn't really hit their stride in NXT until, like, God, pretty much right before they got released. But um, they were they were getting over, right? Like, they had the YouTube show. We talked about that. Uh, I think the, we covered their release a little bit, right? Just saying yeah. maybe we'll see them again in the future at C4. Um, but, yeah, not on the list. Very surprising, I would say. Uh, next year, I think they're shoo-ins there. Um, just as, you know, what? where did I see Garcia? 230-something? Uh, I think so. 233. 233. So I'll, I'll make you a friendly wager right now that he's no lower than 133 at this time next year. Um, I think he's got a big year ahead of him. Um, hey, okay. Now this, I am shaming PWI right now, officially. <laughs> because... Where is Speedball Mike Bailey? Now I have a problem with the list. I don't oh, yeah, care. that's right. Bailey's missing too. That's right. I don't care what the parameters are in terms of how they put this list together. You're not going to tell me that Speedball Bailey is not one of the 500 best wrestlers in the world in any calendar year. Come on. Now the list is a joke. Now I'm angry. Now you're angry. That's now right. Angry. That, was the other, that was the other name that I noticed wasn't in here. That's, this is what podcasting is all about, right? Just getting exactly. emotional, having these heated takes. and uh, But no, I, I that name just popped in my mind. I'm like, where is Bailey? Yeah, not on the list. Um, you know who was on the list for years and years and years, but always floating around like the 450 mark is our pal Sexy Eddie. He was a mainstay on this list yeah, for so and, many years. And Eddie's not on here again. No. Like an, oh, that's another name that... Uh... But I, like, God, in, in fairness, who like... At the independent level, who got an opportunity in the last calendar year to really put themselves on the list, right? And have a big year, um, considering lockdowns and no shows running. Like these, this list is pretty heavy on American-based talent. And um, obviously restrictions were much looser um, uh, down in the States than they were here. So, you know, we saw shows running much earlier than they were able to in Canada. Yeah. That, that's um, the point I was going to make was that a lot yeah. of these guys have been getting a lot more work than uh, probably their their, uh, their Canadian cousins. Um, Fair. But yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Bailey was over in Japan at some point in the last year. If I'm not mistaken, I, I know he was. I Maybe my timing line is off, but I think it's still kind of insane that he's not even list, listed here in the top 500 names. I don't care if he had like six matches. He's probably better than some of these guys between the, the four and 500 mark. Well, to me, that's the biggest omission that I can think of off the top of my head. If we're if we're going to make a local uh, connection to this list and, and see who's missing, it's probably not not probably. I would say definitely speedball. Now, of course, um, early, early, early C four. Uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens are in here, obviously. Yeah. Ethan Page. Ethan Page, yeah, he's in as here. we mentioned. Josh is on the list, so. 
Yeah, I mean, if you were to, if you were to look at you know who's worked the local scene here in Ottawa uh, over the last you know however many years, um, Crazy Steve even too, right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's names, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say any names other than Uno and Stu who you would kind of point to and say, oh yeah, those are kind of C four mainstays or what have you. You know, this kind of tie like it's it's so difficult, right, to cover nationally Canadian independent wrestling because it's so we're you know scattered right um for us to know what's going on in the Vancouver scene uh let alone you know necessarily the the Toronto scene is is challenging at times um someone this was about a week or so ago I think um I don't know how it came to be but someone asked the question like why isn't there like a, a sort of a national independent like for example like ring of honor in the states several years ago was bringing in all the top talent um from the united states and having them work under the the ring of honor banner right so i mean they're flying on guys from i don't know california uh the midwest um florida all flying them up to like northeast and, and working shows under ring of honor banner how come the same thing doesn't exist for canada right yeah um and i don't necessarily know like what prompted it but um c4 mark he he offered this really uh thought-provoking response to the question and kind of just outlining a whole bunch of different reasons as to why something like that just can't work uh in canada um a big reason i remember he mentioned was just the the cost of flights uh it, it like and he's totally bang on right it's it can cost you more uh for us being here in ottawa to fly to say calgary uh, than it would be to go to New York City. Yeah. Um, just because like the the distance is, is crazy. Um, what else did he say? I would I would encourage people to go check it out. Like it was a really good insight into why something like that is, you know, no, I don't want to say impossible, but very difficult to accomplish and would take it a tremendous amount of resources. Uh, and by, by that, I mean money um, for something like that to, to be put together at the independent level. Um, yeah, so it's a pretty interesting read. Um, I, I wanted to point out, I went back and uh, took a little look at the, the list from last year and some names that kind of jumped out at me. Uh, Stu, Stu Grayson uh, was 228 mm-hmm. last year, uh, whereas, what was he this year, 191. So a little improvement for Stu. Uh, Uno was 232 last year and now up to 188. Speedball Mike Bailey, 295. Yeah, so they've clearly just overlooked him uh, or he just simply... I don't know. Didn't didn't work enough in the last calendar year to meet their criteria or their standards. I don't know, but... uh, Actually, sometimes in the uh, in here, and another name that I ran across was Benjamin Tull. Oh, good, uh, good for yeah. him. Yeah, uh, four fifteen. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, let's see, because sometimes in the hard copy, although it doesn't look like it's going to be in this one, they'll put a list of uh, you know, kind of like not this year. So, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Mike Bailey was right around the middle, two ninety five, uh, but but Benjamin Tull. 415 last year yeah i'd say good for him right that's as it goes to show they're they're paying some degree of attention to what's going on up here so that's good 
Um, I would expect to see him and several others back on the list next year, as long as uh, shows keep running regularly. And the thing I love about this site, like the one that I sent you, which I never even thought how convenient it is that it has the Canadian flags. But as I was scrolling through there and like Canada flags are popping up, it was just like little reminders, like, you know, Tyler Breeze is Canadian. Like, oh, yeah, he's Canadian. And then like Jinder Mahal. Oh, yeah, Jinder Mahal's Canadian. Yeah, he, uh, he worked a handful of shows, too, around here before he got signed. Now, what else? So we have you're, you're making me drive here. So what can I say? Um, yeah, I don't like obviously it was a quiet week. Everyone's still coming down from the excitement that was uh, fighting back 10. Um, I'm okay. going to quickly just check to see if you can still donate, because I always like to encourage people to go on and do that if they can. But it, it might be closed off by now. We'll see. Um, let's see. Fighting back. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. They can. So. There you go. Uh, if you listen to this episode and you've watched Fighting Back 10 on IWTV, please consider going to fighting-back.ca. Uh, there is still time to donate to the Canadian Cancer Society in Frank Moran's memory and name. Ah, I see Bryce Remsberg gave a donation. How very kind. He must have listened to our show last week and uh, decided to make a donation. Ha ha. So before I get to one last thing, uh, Mark has announced uh, the next date for C4, has he not? He has, and this most definitely isn't the second time we've tried to go through this. Um, yeah, so November... Third. It's Yeah, at least. Uh, it's it's coming up on November 12th. Uh, C4 presents their uh, season opener, Never Say Never. Season 14, uh, tremendous accomplishment in itself right there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I... I I don't know yet. Uh, no one knows yet in terms of uh, what the, the ticketing and the restrictions for attendance might be. But um, I, I think the hope is there that they can pack the house as, as they normally would and, and certainly would for their season opener. Um, in terms of talent and names uh, you can expect to see on the show so far, um, card subject to change, of course. It's a wrestling show. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey will be there defending the C4 championship. Uh, Kevin Blackwood will make his return to C4. Um, Kevin Koo. I've never seen Kevin Koo live in person before, but he'll be there. Um, your new Fighting Back invita- Invitational Champion, Lufisto. Um, we have Jani Kai and Yoya, who make up the uh, team of Yokai. They will be on the show. Uh, fan favorite Puff, Matthew Saint-Jacques, and Josh Bishop. So already a good-looking lineup. Uh, looking forward to seeing the card as it develops over the coming weeks and uh, still holding Mark accountable for coming onto the show to hype up a new season of C4 wrestling. For sure. We're going to get him on here. Um, while we're talking about fundraising shows, and I know that this is not happening necessarily in uh, Ottawa neck of the woods, but Cornerstone Wrestling Podcast is going to be part of it. So it becomes relevant. Um, October 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. As a lot of people who are listening know, I have another podcast. It's called It's Time to Fight. And It's Time to Fight is sponsoring, it's funding, it's it's uh, bankrolling, I suppose. Um, a charity event. Wrestling with ALS 2021. Wrestling with ALS is an event that I have held uh, annually for many years now. And there's going to be three days of, of stuff. On Friday, there's going to be podcasts. On the Saturday, there's going to be a wrestling podcast, an auction, all that kind of stuff. 
And Sunday, there's going to be a trivia and there's going to be podcasts. Uh, why do I say this on an Ottawa podcast? Why? Because the whole damn thing, if you're not local to our uh, Southern Ontario, you can live stream the damn thing. You can live stream the whole thing. Um, oh, I forgot the stand-up comedy. There's stand-up comedy on the Saturday, too. And you can, um, and you can, as I said, live stream the whole damn thing. And uh, I'm going to put the ticket link in this uh, description and all the funds, all the funds, all the proceeds. It all goes to the ALS uh, uh, Society of Canada. So please, 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 the listeners of this podcast, I just wanted to take like a minute, minute and a half just to say, hey, please just go check this out. It is something that is near and dear to my heart. And if you could check it out, it would be greatly appreciated. And as I said, all the funds, all the proceeds, it all goes to the ALS Society of Canada. That's all I really want to say about that. This is why you record the sponsorship ads. Look I know. at that plug. I know. Oh, and as I said, uh, Cornerstone of Wrestling, we're going to be doing a, a pre-recorded podcast for, I believe, here I am. We the are? Organizer. Yes, we are. I told you do this, I, Ryan. Do I have homework to do? No. No, then I'm would, in. Yeah. No, you you and I just have to like come up with like a topic or something. Hey, if people are listening and they want us to talk about something specific, let us know. Um, or if you want, you know, you and I, maybe we'll find a, a special guest or something. I don't know. Uh, it is. It's the end of October, and uh, yeah, partner, you and I. Uh, I believe I slotted us into the Sunday. I believe okay. I don't have it in front of me. Well, speaking of guests, we will probably uh, next week get back into the routine of having a guest. Um, there's one in particular coming up who I, I'm expecting it will actually end up being a multi-part episode. I don't know if we'll, we'll go for two in one week or spread it out over two weeks, but um, it's a fascinating story uh, involving some Ottawa wrestling history that I think people are really going to be interested in hearing uh, something that's actually never been told publicly. So um, I'll give that little teaser. 